0: Welcome to The Accurate Perspective, a podcast on local politics in Yakima. We take politics
1: to a whole new level. Factual reporting, sources you can trust, and best of all, no BS. Unlike other news organizations, we won't mislead you
0: or manipulate the news to our advantage. It's facts first, and the truth
1: shall set you free. Join our hosts, Matt Brown, Lindsay Wehrmeier, and Dave Mullen, as we do what we do best. And that's dunk on all our competitors.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for episode 11 of the Accurate Perspective Podcast. Today, we have Chris Corey on here with us because our other lovely host, Dave, is not here today. Uh, But we're excited for Chris to be here today. We're talking uh, the election results. We kind of just had an election on Tuesday, um, but it's kind of been dragging out across the state um, all week. And we're getting closer to finding out who's going to win these things. Hopefully, uh, you know, today, tonight's drops will be uh, giving us a little bit more clear perspective on those things. So, um, guys, what what's been the most challenging piece, though, in this election?
1: Well, I'll tell you, as, as an elected and a candidate, I think the most challenging piece, and we were talking a little bit about it before we went live, is the delay in reporting the numbers. And a lot of that also is fueled by people who turn in their ballots on the day of. I know that um, you know some people do it because they feel like it's an election day. This is the day I'm voting. But uh, those ballots don't end up getting counted for two or three days later. And it can really um, stress out and frustrate uh, both the candidates as well as you know the the campaigns as they try to figure out what the heck's going on in their in their race. Yeah, I mean it. It kind of I know last year I didn't realize this when
0: I ran um, was I was told by the county auditor here in Yakima was like uh, yeah anything that comes in past like dude like nine nine a.m. on election day we we don't count for like two three days afterwards because we're just there's a signature verification piece. There's all of these steps before we even put it into a machine for tabulation. And, you know, it, the other piece of it that's really slow is on election night, we see a huge ballot drop come in, right? So it's like 21,000, 30,000, you know, certain counties. And then the rest of the week, it's a thousand ballots. 2, trip, trip. ballots. <laughs> you know, it's a little frustrating for the, for the people watching. at why can't we just count um but you know i guess the the good part is is they are taking their time <laughs> making sure they're counted right uh but i guess for me one of the biggest challenges has been the sheer amount of republicans we've had running in multiple races um i think i said this actually earlier in the week on kit was if you look across the state uh, almost every race besides King County, where they have uh, multiple Democrats running, um, we had four to six Republicans or more in some areas, like in the Senator race and Secretary of State race, running for a single position. And what you end up happening is you you, you start splitting votes where the incumbents uh, that you might not necessarily agree with, um, that's why there's so many people running, uh <laughs> ends up getting in. And I mean, I think that's what we're looking at right now with uh the congressional fourth.
2: Well Matt. Yeah. Oh
0: go ahead, real Lizzie, qu- Sorry.
2: Oh sorry, real quick. So someone who's not in politics, I did vote day of because I was so overwhelmed by my choices. And I just felt like I didn't know who to choose for Congress. And so it just took me like I wanted up until the last minute to decide. And so as just your basic person voting out there, you know, it's, it's so overwhelming. And I think that's maybe why people turn it in late or maybe don't vote at all is it's, it, there's too many options.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think that could really throw people off if there is. Cause we, obviously we had a lot in a lot of races here this time around.
0: Yeah. I mean, in 2020 we had, what was it? Uh, 18 people running for governor that were Republicans. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was not our best foot forward. Um <clears throat> you know and and it frustrates people, right? Because they sit there and they go, We just put a bunch of blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. And my candidate who is probably one of you know might have the most fundraising, might have the most you know, all of that going on for him has now just been primaried out because we've split the votes eighteen ways. Um, you know, that's that's a frustration uh, that a lot of voters are feeling right now, especially in the fourth and in the congressional third, Um, you know, but what other things are we seeing right now, Chris, that you were talking about um, on voter turnout?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed, and I, am you know, I obviously am very invested in this and I I tend to watch it very closely um, with a lot of those late ballot returns uh, we're seeing or the late reporting, I should say, We're seeing a lot of Republican gains. Um, And here's back to why you shouldn't hold your ballot um, and you shouldn't wait. So election night, Democrats took a victory lap uh, Tuesday night. They were like, there's no red wave in Washington state. Look at how great we're doing. And now we're coming back. We're clawing back. In some cases, we flipped, um, especially yesterday, a lot of them, and that takes a lot of wind out of our sails, right? As a, as a party, as an organization that's trying to to put seats, you know, win back seats so we can restore some sanity in Olympia. Um, that really stresses us out. And I'll tell you one more thing that people don't realize we don't have it as much in, in Yakima County because our districts are a little more safe, but in some of those areas where it's real swingy and you have a lot of money pouring in to run those races, you're, you're now having campaigns spending money to try to get you to vote. Even if you've, already voted but just haven't turned in your ballot because we have what's called matchbacks and matt you're very familiar with those where you can go in and with this voter data that the parties have collected they kind of identify you as a number essentially between a very very conservative republican and a very liberal democrat and so when they get those matchbacks and they see you haven't turned in their ballot and you're their ideal candidate they're going to keep bugging you they're going to do robocalls, texts, emails, uh, campaign mailers. But as soon as you turn in your ballot and they see a matchback, they're gonna leave you alone because they're gonna spend their money elsewhere. So we also have this case now where we're spending money to try to get people to vote that maybe have already filled out their ballot and just haven't turned it in um, because we're trying to get our numbers up. And so uh, fortunately for us, the trend is swinging really, really, really strong towards the Republicans right now. But uh, it was definitely not the night we were hoping for initially Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, this whole this whole uh, election season has
1: been trying to flip the House and the Senate
0: uh, at our legislature. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't it, it kind of took a lot of wind out of our sails <laughs> in the Republican Party. Um, the other piece was uh, looking at uh, two congressional races for, uh, you know, that were very hotly uh, contested, which was the congressional third and congressional fourth. Um, both of those seats, um, because of, you know, the incumbents uh, not necessarily being uh, aligned with Donald Trump and in, in impeaching him, voting to impeach him, have actually, you know, you, you had everyone and their mamas signing up to run <laughs> against those incumbents. And, and there was only two Trump endorsed candidates in those areas. And yet still that, I mean, unlike the rest of the country where I think Trump is actually 194 and 14 across the country in endorsements, right now in the state of Washington, I actually told a couple of the guys who got endorsed by Trump. I said, I I personally, I I don't know if I would have want to have been endorsed in this state um, by Trump because I I don't know if that actually helps you here uh, as it does in other parts of the country, but because it does split your vote. Uh, people start alienating you inside the own Republican party because they're not endorsed by someone. Right. And so then, then it makes it harder to actually pull out those guys to pull out of that race because now they're just in it um, because of that, which goes to my next point is jungle primary. A lot of people don't understand what that means. They still don't. It was, you know, it's been about what, 20 years now that we've been in this jungle primary, um, piece. And I don't feel like Republicans have done well to adapt to it. I feel like Democrats, this is very much, um, uh, played to their advantage. (laughs) They put one candidate in and they just go all in on that one candidate and whether they a hundred percent agree or not, they're, they're doing it. Um, and whereas for our party, it is not so. And so in a jungle primary, let's uh, Lindsay, probably do you know what a
1: jungle primary is? I do not. Chris, why don't you explain it? So unlike most other states, we're, we're an open primary system, so you can vote for whoever you want in a primary. Other states, you either are most other states, I should say, you either register as a Republican or Democrat. And in your primary, you get a Republican or Democrat ballot which lets you pick from a series of Republican candidates in various offices. And then whoever essentially the voters within that party select, becomes your nominee for the general. Here, you can have as many people vote, uh, as many people run and you vote for whoever you want. And what that does is you don't need a big majority to, to make it forward through to the general. I mean, if you look at uh, the third congressional district, uh, one of the things that the Democrats did really well there was there were two main Democrats that were going to run. They had announced, they had started fundraising, they were you know, actively out campaigning. It was uh, Marie, the, the nominee, who's there now. And there was another gentleman, who I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the party came together and basically said, if we do this, we will almost guarantee two Republicans into the general. And so one of them agreed to step out and they got behind one candidate. And she's now the front, I mean, technically the front runner, right? If you add up all the Republican votes, we've got over 50% there. But you've essentially, you know, they've said, we realize in order for us to get through to the primary or to the general, we need to have one person. Um, Flip side, and another example of how this has hurt us is in the Secretary of State's race. Uh, We had a couple Republicans run. Nobody was coordinating. Now it looks like it's going to be a Democrat and an independent, and there will be no Republican option on the ballot in November. Um, Lindsay and I have had this conversation. I think we wanted to talk about it today. Mm -hmm. And Matt, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Democrats and Republicans tend to think a little bit differently. I I would say conservatives, Republicans are more independent minded. Um, I always make the joke that in Olympia, you know, in my caucus, we could have a bill. That we were all going to vote yes on and if somebody came in and said you have to vote yes on this this is this is you're required to do this as a house republican probably more than half of us would vote no on the bill just because you told me i had to do it right because <laughs> we're 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 independent we're free thinkers it's like don't tell me yep. that i'm gonna go do what i want to do mm-hmm. uh, even if i was going to support it it's just a way to say no you're not going to tell me what to do and and i see a lot of that in you know county and statewide politics we tend to get off on our our own tangent. And it's about us versus about, okay, how are we advancing our core set of values and principles so that we can be effective in governance, whether it's on the state county or, you know, city level. So yeah, that is a long answer to your question. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's important though, because
0: like people are seeing these other uh, states also having their primaries right now. And like in Arizona, for example, they just, They had a GOP nominee, uh, Kerry Lake, win or projected to win that governor uh, GOP piece, (laughs) not the governor's seat. And that's important as well for a lot of folks because they go, oh, she won governor, or oh, no, they actually had party specific primaries where, um, you know, the Democrat, uh, Katie Hobbs, is moving through and then the. Republican Kerry Lake is moving through and they will face each other in the general, which is what Washington used to be, um, back in the day. And, uh, we just haven't adapted in my opinion, uh, as a Republican. So that leads me to my next piece is I'm, I kind of want to have a family meeting here with Republicans <laughs> in, in, uh, in the world that I live in, when you have family meetings, that's, that's where you air your dirty laundry. And you, you, you figure out, you know, what, Oh man. Yeah. Brother said that. Yeah. Okay. Where's the truth. Let's figure out where the truth is and how do we move forward? Cause how do we, how do we get changes in place in the Republican party? So we can stop doing this to ourselves. Like we are literally doing this to ourselves. Um, sure. And one of the ideas that <clears throat> I'm going to try to push home is doing some sort of an internal primary at the Republican level, uh, at the state level, at least for our congressional and state legislative seats, um, and maybe Senator seats as well, but because there's a way to do it where we can actually focus in on county. So let's, let's take the congressional fourth. For example, we have eight counties in that area. Each County has at least a hundred PCOs or more in each County. We could say, hey, county chairs, we want you to hold a fun thing in April, April 15th, for example. Come together, meet with your PCOs and do an official poll on these candidates, right? Here's all these candidates that are running for the fourth. Figure out who's the top one for them, right? And, and that's eight separate counties, right? So they're going to do it differently. They're going to vote for candidates differently. They're going to figure out who is their guy or gal that pushed through. And then what the state party could do is actually on, let's say, two weeks later, on the 30th of April, we could say, <clears throat> we're gonna, at the state committee. We're going to send delegates from each county. And we're going to say, hey, the state committee man, state committee woman, and the chair, you guys almost like electors, like we do in the uh, Mm -hmm. presidential election, uh, you're going to go cast a vote for our County. And none of these other counties know kind of what this looks like. Right. And you're going to go cast a a vote at the state level. And in that piece, you're going to be able to go, okay, this person got the most um, votes per se out of those eight counties. So, Now someone asked, well, how do you, how do you get those other guys to bow out? Well, I think Mm -hmm. it's a little accountability piece, right? You're not going to be put on this ballot unless you agree to this, right? So if you don't win this eight County for, let's take an example, congressional fourth, if you don't uh, agree um, to bow out, if you lose this piece, then you're not going to be on the ballot and we just won't vote for you. (laughs) You know, you're just not going to be there. Um, and hopefully, people will understand the importance of that, right? One, it, it forces candidates to actually go and campaign all eight counties in the fourth, not just rely upon name recognition, not just rely upon uh, hitting Yakima, Benton, and Franklin, for example, those three yep. major populace, you know, the, the more northern uh, counties, uh, you know, they feel a little neglected at times. Uh, and if you take this even to a bigger level at, like, the governor right? If you took that even bigger at that seat, man, I mean, that would actually force Republican governor candidates to actually campaign all of those counties and actually push them to know these counties and know these PCOs. And I say PCOs because those PCOs are the ones that are at the most grassroots level of the people of Washington. They're the ones talking to their neighbors, they're the ones getting ballots and saying, hey, uh, do you know who you're voting for? They're door knocking. They're doing all of that stuff, and so that's like they are literally on the ground. <laughs> so let's yep. listen to what they have to say. And I think this is a an interesting solution because we just can't we can't keep pushing forward. Um, you know, Democrats have adapted. I feel like Republicans are living in 1992 still. Like we're still trying to like figure out this thing, and the the cream will rise to the cro- You know, to the top, and it's like. But it's not. And we keep losing and we keep getting beat by our own team. (laughs) We're not even getting beat by the Democrats.
1: I I think you bring I mean, you bring up some interesting points, right? And you're essentially creating your own internal county or uh, Republican primary system to try to clean up some of that as you go into an open primary. It's not a bad idea. I'm sure there's lots of stuff to 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 work out in those details. But if you look at it, there's a couple of things I see we need help with. We need county parties to provide, and I'm not, this isn't a knock on Yakima County or any other county, but county parties functions. They need to be a working political party. It's not, you know, we have social events, we have social stuff, but we're there to get Republicans elected. And that's our slated mission. It starts at the nonpartisan races because the Democrats do a really good job at recruiting local candidates and then building them up. So they have that experience, um, all the way to the top. And there needs to be a financial component to it, um, money is, is an unfortunate reality in politics. That's how you get your message out. It's how you can connect with, with voters. Um, and having purse strings to, to go along with that really would help. Um, you're not going to stop everything. Right. But I think that you're going to, um, you're going to help solve some problems. there. you know, the other thing that we've got to be careful of is we've got to be careful of our purity tests. Um, I'll tell you, I just got an award from the, um, the oh, the American conservative union, right? They, they do the ACU. Uh, they gave me a conservative achievement award this year, which I was very thankful for, but I've had people yell at me for issues where they're like, you're not conservative enough. And I'm like, okay, well, nobody's, nobody's going to be exactly like you are. Um, and we've got to be careful, right? We've got to have our core principles. These are things we're, we're all in agreement on, uh, but we have to let people have room to have their own individual thought within there and not just castigate each other. Because I'll tell you, that that's the other thing that the Democrats do a really good job of is they may have different, and I've seen it in Olympia, they'll have very differing views, but they get in the room and they hammer it out together and they almost always come out in a unified voice on it um, and that plays to their advantage. Yeah.
0: I mean, other changes too that I think, you know, the Republicans really need to figure out is a lot of people don't trust the uh, trust election systems right now because of what you know, may or may not have transpired in 2020. Um, they, they're frustrated. They don't trust it. I mean, that I think speaks to why they all voted on the last day. Right? Sure. Um, their least amount of time that people have my, their hands on my ballot, the better, uh, you know, in their mind. And I, I just feel like, you know, if I can speak anything to Republicans, if right now we had, uh, 27%, actually 31% as of today, yep. turnout across the state, right? And you're talking less than a third of the state's population, voting population, is governing the state right now. Correct. And, and, and that's a huge problem. And so when Republicans talk about they're complaining, they're upset, I'm like, put your money where your mouth is. Did you vote? Because I, I don't think you did,
1: because it's not in there.
0: Um, yeah, you know. And we
1: know with our modeling that in in Republican counties, Eastern Washington counties, if we had five to eight percent more turnout, we would actually be flipping statewide seats much easier. Um, but we've we've constantly heard the message: your vote doesn't count, or you know, it's just on the west side. And I'm like, no, no, no you still need you still need to show up, uh, even if you think you're going to lose, you still need to show up because it's important that your voice is heard. Frankly, I think. You have a responsibility to vote in this country if you have that right.
2: Right. right. Well, here in, in Yakima County, Matt, I think 31% was statewide, but Yakima is like less than
1: 24% from what I saw. 30. Oh,
2: we are 30 as of, I look today, a, so they must have updated it.
1: Yes, they but, did. Um, up to 30, which is still not good.
2: Right. Well, and also we were third lowest for the state as of this morning. So unless that changed, that we were one of the lowest voter turnout for the whole state so i don't know why yakima would be lower unless it's just because we're more republican so our votes are coming in later but well, i don't know why
0: we're still at 24 chris it's just we got thirty thousand votes in so we're still we're still Oh, you
1: know what you're i'm looking at the ballot return stats which shows the percentage as of today is 30 oh oh that's There's a separate that's form in there yeah that's when yeah. i that's when i look at to try to figure out where it's trending so but yeah. you're right i mean people we need I mean, our numbers are bad. We need to be knocking on our doors, especially, and and I say this as a PCO, um, I know I need to do a better job of it, of engaging with people within that precinct to make sure they're turning in their ballots, especially when you have good candidates, right? I mean, we we want to help them win. Right. And, you know, someone asked, like,
0: well, is it because voting is difficult? Good grief. I'm like, could you make it any easier? I don't know. Like, literally, you don't have to leave your home. You don't have to. You don't have to. I mean, most people even have mailboxes right outside their house, so they don't even have to walk to the road.
2: <laughs> yeah, Chris, why why do you think it is that there's such a low voter turnout? Do you have some theories?
1: I think part of it is apathy. Um, my vote doesn't count. My vote won't matter. The West Side controls everything. I think that's a part of it. Um, I think that you know when you're not engaged, you're not you know, you're not inclined to vote. I mean, you, every person I talk to will complain about inflation and everything. And I'm like, well, what are you doing to solve that? Like, who are you putting in power to, to make these policies? So we're not printing money. Like it's going out of style and, and just, you know, wrecking the economy. Um, so I don't know, to me, I, frankly, for me, voting means that I'm accountable for what's going on. And I can at least say if there's problems out there, yeah, I was for that or against that. And, you know, we can get in there and fix it. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the when I was out door knocking last year, <clears throat> the last two weeks of the election, as I was going to people's doors, they were so many people were like, oh, yeah, the ballot. I still haven't even got that in. Um, yeah. You know, like it's we've almost made it too easy, is my opinion.
1: Like uh, we print the election date on there. We give you paid return envelopes. We send <laughs> it to your house like the yeah, You're Correct. The most difficult part to vote here is if you want to take it to a ballot box, that means you have to drive it there versus putting it in the mail.
0: Right. Which I just feel like we just almost made it too easy. So it's now it's becomes out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. You know, I just I
2: I really think the choices make it really hard, though. Like if we did your idea, Matt, and everyone knew, like when I get this, I know I'm voting for this candidate. I had multiple people private messaging me going, who do I pick? I don't know. Like, who are we all going for? And I'm like, we're all not going for any particular <laughs> candidate. So yep. pick whoever you want. Cause it's going to be a new house and white. I mean, for Congress, I, I couldn't see there be, you know, there's no other outcome that could have been.
0: Well, and, and that's, I think a uh, very important piece is why, like, if we did this system, you could actually, I mean, even, so let's say these guys like three of them bow out. and One guy's a rebel and he's like, I'm going to still keep going through. That's now we still, now we only have three Republicans running, right? Versus six, <laughs> you know? So you're not splitting the vote as near as amount. And so I think that's uh, really, you know, going forward. I mean, especially if Republicans want any hope in the world to actually try to take back the governor's seat in 2024, they have got to get a head start on this. They have, they have to change their thinking, adapt. It's not, it's not 1992 anymore. We don't have a, a primary with just GOP. Now some people go, why don't we just do that? Why don't we just go back to not having a jungle primary? That was actually said at the legislature, wasn't it, Chris? I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we could change it. And you know, if there's other ballot integrity security measures that we can put in place to help people feel more, you know, that their vote is safe and secure. Um, I think a lot of us on, at least on the Republican side, are open to it. Um, But we got to get you there first. (laughs) Yeah, we got, we got to get you there. I know. And I'm hoping we're still hopeful that we're going to pick up seats this time around, but you know, the red wave doesn't come unless all the, you know, the Republicans actually show up and vote even in the primary. Now I I will venture a guess that we'll see a very active general, um, with far more competitive numbers and turnout, and I had um, the honor of listening to um, a, a political um, consultant speak the other day uh, who was connected to the Trump White House, and one of her comments that struck me the most was that the best way for us to get, because I think we, I think Republicans have a winning message, especially today in today's day and age. Public safety, what are we going to do to fix crime what are we going to do to you know help in homelessness what is that and all those you know effects that come along with that um, and and those things we have a winning message but we we need to do a better job of coming to people and not just bashing our opponent and you know running clever ads with them in you know in a black and white photo with the ominous voice talking about <laughs> you know that vote and uh, <laughs> my, my thing is is come out and say what you're for and you connect with people and you say, here's what we're for. And you bring that message out and you get people excited to come and vote. And they're, so they're connecting. OK, if I'm voting for Chris Corey, I'm voting for him because he is going to return police pursuits. He's going to take the handcuffs off the police and put them back on the criminals where they belong. And even if he's not in the majority, he's going to fight to fix that stuff. That's who I'm voting for. And we have really good messages and it speaks to Republicans and it speaks to independents. And frankly, it speaks to a lot of Democrats who are feeling very lost right now because the party is, frankly, on a lot of issues gone off the deep end that so they don't recognize it anymore. Um, So that's how we're going to do it. And I think we have we still have a shot here in 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 the general. The numbers are still looking good. They're trending the right way. So, you know, I'm hoping by today and then if not Monday or Tuesday, we'll know kind of where we sit. Well, and I think that
0: brings up an interesting point too, because there was a lot of negative uh, ad campaign dollars spent um, in both CD three and CD four. Um, you know that actually kind of upset a lot of Republicans on the two, uh, the two incumbents, really starting to get pretty nasty against their uh, competitors. I was actually surprised it didn't do the opposite. Right? It actually Back helped. <laughs> you know, because um, yeah. people, people get kind of tired of that um, nonsense and they don't, they don't like feeling like they're being manipulated. Um, and I, and I feel like negative campaigns kind of push that. They kind of make you feel like it's like a psychological warfare almost in your brain. You're like, do I feel this same way? Or am I now feeling yeah. this because I just watched <laughs> this?
1: <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, unfortunately it's a little different on state elections than it is on the federal, the FEC rules for for federal campaigns, allows these groups to set up super PACs that aren't necessarily even connected with candidates, but they are go in and support candidates they like. So down in, in CD3, there was a bunch of ads that were done by this group that actually probably likes Jamie. Again, it's all convoluted. They haven't had a report yet, so we don't know who's there, but they were propping up Heidi St. John talking about how she's the conservative leader you want down there. Well, that was only to just try to pull Kent voters from Heidi or pull Kent voters to Heidi to help, you know, make sure Jamie goes through. And I don't like that. I I mean, the Democrats and Republicans do it. These super PACs do it. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I actually like our state's uh, public disclosure rules. So if you go to pdc.wa.gov, you can see all the money we raise. Uh, Additionally, you can actually we have to report or the, the political action groups that spend money in these races have to report what they're spending independently of the candidates on. So if, let's say, the Realtors Association did a mailer um, against me, even though they wouldn't. So it's a bad example. They did a mailer for me. (laughs) Under You would actually see not only on the Realtors uh, data, but you would see on mine independent expenditures both for and against me. So if you go look at my opponent now for this race, uh, Fuse Votes, which is a progressive uh, get-out-the-vote effort, they spent money sending out mailers with her on it. So they have to report that. So you can actually see all that data. So it's less, it's not as, um, as, you know, Ominous. hidden. It's way more transparent. Um, and I, and I agree. I've, I had several people come up to me at the uh, Lincoln day picnic in, Gold, uh, in Glenwood a couple of weeks ago, telling me how frustrated they were with the negative ads. But I mean, clearly they're effective because people still do them. Right. I mean, even yeah. though I hear everybody, nobody says, Oh, I love negative ads, but they, <laughs> they seem to work. Well, and it's like, w- aren't you running on the issues?
0: Don't you have solutions? Not just, you know, poking at one another. I think that was the one thing that uh, I started to really, if, if a candidate in the congressional force started bashing on another candidate, I was like, all right, I'm done. I don't like you anymore. Um, I, I'm not saying I don't like you. I just, I'm not going to vote for you.
1: Because um, you're not telling me why know? I should elect you. You're telling me why you don't like the other people. Right. And,
0: you know, an old friend of mine used to say when you're when you're running for office, it's it's not the people uh, it's not the uh, your competitors that you're running against. You're running for the position and you need to be all about running for that position and not all of these other things. And it it gets real easy for candidates um, to just start sniping at one another and taking bullets. And it's just bad. It's just bad. Uh, politics um, to do that. So, um, well, I'm going to take a two minute break and then, or a one 30 second break for our show sponsor. And then we're going to come back and actually show you some results here briefly. And then, uh, and then we'll be, we'll be done We're wrapping this up. Um, so I'm just going to take a little second break here and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by Mac Daddy Coffee Roasters. If you haven't been there before, go check them out. It's down at 28 North 1st Street. And tell them Accurate Perspective sent you. You guys, this is a great local coffee shop. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. We couldn't do this without you. Again, go check them out. Mac Daddy Coffee Roasters. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. And we are going to go through some of these results um, because I told you we were, so we're going to do it. Um, and we're going to start with the, the big, uh, CD four race. And, you know, we've already been talking about how it kind of split all sorts of directions, but, um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on how this turned out, at least in Yakima County? We're just going to talk Yakima County, um, on this part right now.
1: I had to, I had to enhance the screen so I could read oh, it here. Too. Let me get <laughs> it in a little bit. You're <laughs> this. You're uh, the, see. uh.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, there you go. There it is. Is yeah, that
0: better? Um, there you go.
1: I know you guys are getting old, so sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you the good news here is Republicans are still obviously in a clear majority in this county when you total them up. Um, but the effect of having a bunch of people running, you can see it right in there. And some of them, you know, there's some guys on this list that actually were working – a long time. And then you had some that kind of just showed up right at the end and didn't put in the time or effort to connect with people, but they're still on the ballot. And again, we're just splitting up votes. Yeah. I
0: mean, I look at like Jared Sessler actually announced his campaign. <laughs> gosh, probably in June of last year or something like that. I mean, a long time ago, even Brad Clipper is another guy. He was actually the first one I think who announced to go against Dan Newhouse. And that was a year plus ago. Yeah. Um, so trying to see in those turnouts, I, I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting to see Corey pull 7%. Um, he was relatively the, the newest person into that race next to, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name. Jason Jason Kobiasa, Kobe something, something like that. Um, so you know, it's an interesting uh, turnout there. Um, again, though, I think this is what we've we've got. We've split. We've split so many different ways. We can't. It's hard to know who really is the best candidate here.
2: <laughs> I, I find this so annoying to look at this because it's like if you add up the you know, take out new house, take out Doug White. It's like 46% that was split between the other five or six candidates. So our numbers are there. We just are not as smart as the Democrats apparently to just get behind one person. It's just annoying. It's like we could have totally put someone else in that spot, but we decided to split it it's annoying.
0: All right, let's go to the next one. So this is the other secretary of state race. This is just in Yakima. Um, I'm going to see if I can, well, so in Yakima, the uh, the turnout was 28,000 votes here for this race. And it looks like, you know, very similar to the other one. We have a lot of Republicans. And, yeah.
1: Well, and some who I honestly had never heard of until I saw their name on the ballot. Yeah. Um, which no, I know it's like Bob, like I don't remember him coming out, like, you know, meeting with people and maybe I missed it, but uh, you've got, you know, Mark Malosha showed up and I know both Mark and Keith Wagoner, both are, you know, good principled uh, conservatives, but again, no coordination, no, you know, sort of understanding of who should run and why, and we end up splitting it up and I'm pulling while you guys are talking about that. I'll pull the, uh, just give everybody the the statewide results for this one. Yeah.
0: I mean like Julie Anderson, who's a nonpartisan who she is. (laughs) I didn't, I couldn't figure out when I, uh, when I saw the results, I was like, Oh, independent. Who is this person? Because she actually pulled,
1: she's actually in second right now across the state. Um, Yes, she is at 13 point. She's at 13.05. Obviously Steve Hobbs is currently in the lead with 40 in the state. Uh, But Keith Wagner, who was the first person into the race and was running since last year on it, is trailing by about 14,000 votes. And there are several other Republicans that if they were, you know, consolidated together, would have easily put him, you know, if they were all around Keith, put put him in second place.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just take out even just Yakima County votes, I mean, if you take out Tambourine, um, Bob Hagelin's votes and Mark's. I mean, you almost have the difference there in just Yakima County <laughs> if they hold it. So,
2: question for you guys. So, they, you know, we have Hobbs and Tiggs who are both for the Democrat Party, but it seems like everyone rallied around uh, Hob- Hobbs, right? So did was there discussion amongst, like, how did they all figure that out to go for the, the one? Because there they had two that you would think would be split.
1: So Steve was the appointed secretary of state after Kim Wyman left to go do election security for the Biden administration. Um, And that was, there's a lot of uh, politics behind that. Steve was a more uh, moderate Democrat in terms of who we have now over there and was kind of typically in the way of some of Inslee's more insane policies. So it was a quote unquote way to get rid of him. Um, And that's not a secret. That's, it's pretty, it's been a pretty open discussion amongst uh, people in Olympia. But what's interesting is that uh, the, the party was able to get around him instead of having somebody else. I would assume this TIGS person who ran kind of was, you know, went off on their own, but the party themselves really rallied behind Steve as the incumbent um, secretary of state person. So yeah. I think that's where yeah,
0: you know. Um, all right, let's move on. So this one's pretty easy. There was no, uh, you know, no competitor for old Judy Tom Dent or Alex. Alex, and and then look at this that is guy. this
1: is this guy Chris Corey. You you did pretty well, man. Uh, the highest I've I've done. Um, I hope that trend stays true in the general. But uh, you know, again, there's there's power the, there's power in party politics, right? Um, I would think that if Uh, My opponent had ran as a Democrat, even though a lot of Democrats don't want to run as Democrats this year. Um, I would imagine her numbers probably would have been higher uh, because you'll you can actually go into the details, not on this file. But there's another one where you can see over and under votes and under votes means somebody just skips it entirely. So typically Mm -hmm. when I see people skipping that, it's because there wasn't a Democrat on there. Mm -hmm. what, is, what do you opinion. typically, in your last
0: elections, where have you been? Not at 70%, right? It's been like 60, 60. 65, 60. But remember, right the
1: district's changed this year. So the district, my district changed. I got SELA, lost Scamania, so that was a little bit of a change because I had some interesting pockets down in Scamania County that were like Portland suburbs. And I obviously did not, I did surprisingly did not do as well with the uh, (laughs) Portland suburb people.
2: Um,
1: I don't know why. Badge of honor. I'll take, I'll take that every day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the numbers looked good. And also I've been campaigning Um, and similar in this race, right? You have uh, my seatmate Gina and you have Liz who's ran many times for many different things under many different party names. Um, And then Chris, who is quote, quote, independent. Ironically, his wife ran against me two years ago as a Democrat. But um, again, there's power in I think the the being uh, having an R versus a D in your name. It it allows people to quickly categorize you, mm-hmm. forget about it.
0: right. And you know, especially for folks that might not be as uh, connected politically speaking, you know, or paying attention per se. Although if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably paying attention. Yeah. Um, but, uh, if you're not paying attention, you know, like having that Republican or Democrat on the ballot tends to help you understand, okay, I'm going to vote Republican or I'm going to vote Democrat, yeah. you know, it just kind of helps you. So a lot of people get votes literally just for that. Um, Oh yeah. All right. Let's, uh, this is another one, uh, district, Fifteen state Senator Nikki Torres. I'm not sure if the write-in actually ha- did, It looks like the write-in has enough votes maybe
1: to move forward. I, I don't know. Has I haven't heard enough? officially on Nikki. I know I heard on Amanda's qualified, but uh, because Nikki it expands, spans over uh, multiple counties, you'd have to look at those. Oh,
0: compare them. But I would right.
1: imagine, um, I would imagine that they'll make it through. Mm-hmm. I find this one interesting, right? Because the whole point of the 15th district was, um around creating a majority minority district uh so we end up having only one person run as a republican as a latina and then Doug White's campaign manager apparently doesn't like that so she's running uh as a write in so <laughs> right sorry um, do with
0: do with that what you will yeah mm-hmm. who is not a latina by the way um <laughs> so uh if we move down Bruce Chandler incumbent that's pretty you know, that's a pretty good win for going against Ryden. so uh, Brian Sandlin, same same deal. Sessor, uh, you know, it's pretty easy when you don't have a, a competitor. Um, yeah, no kidding.
1: And obviously Charles, well-known, well-liked
0: in our Valley. Yeah. Um, this one's interesting, Clerk. So now we're getting into straight county stuff here. So right now it looks like it's going to be Misha and Billy fighting it out in the general and fighting for those Deborah votes, right, to see where those are going to split yeah. and, and more. Obviously, there'll be higher turnout, hopefully, in the general. Um, so it's an interesting one. They're, they're, but if you look at it, I mean, Misha's holding, what, like a 800-vote lead right now. So it's still kind of tight.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. well, we've got 7,000 votes, actually, that should be dropping any moment now. Right. Um, this is on a Wednesday, Friday at 3.30 so
0: sorry yeah so yeah so so far it's misha and billy we'll you know we'll keep an eye on that one corner this one surprised the heck out of me on election night um i was i know jim curtis has been well liked he's the incumbent but i did not realize he was that well liked um <laughs> going against uh, marshall uh i mean that was that was a big wallop i you know if If I'm the other guy, I'm going, man, I don't even know where to go from here. Um, Yeah,
1: no, I think uh, Jim's done a good job. I actually um, got to spend a lot of time on the campaign trail with him when he was uh, running first in 2018 and got to know him and his family. And he's he's just a stand up guy. I can see why the community likes him so much. I mean, especially you're the coroner, right? I mean, that's that's a pretty, (laughs) pretty interesting state or county. Elected position, but he's done a good job. He's taken the job very seriously. He's gone in and got advanced certifications to help, you know, propel the office forward. And I think that people recognize that. Yeah.
0: Joe Brusick, pretty simple there. Udell, Sheriff, pretty simple there. Even Eileen, same thing. Moving into this one. So, District One. <clears throat> so, it has been announced that District One, Amanda now has a competitor. Um, and her name is Angie Gerard. We're actually hoping, uh, sometime before the general, to actually hold virtual debates with all of these commissioner candidates right on here. No, that'd be on, awesome on Accurate Perspective. So we'll get to we'll we'll get to have Angie on with uh, Amanda, hopefully, and uh, you know, kind of see kind of see where they're at. But uh, Amanda did well, obviously, as the only Republican on there. So this goes back to you know what we were talking about. If you look at these things where we have one Republican they're, they're showing out pretty good. Um, so someone asked me too, the other day, so if you have two Republicans running and it's just the two Republicans, do you feel as bad about, you know, splitting that vote? And I said, no, because it's just two Republicans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know? So no, I don't. Um, all right. This is another interesting one. Uh, district two, uh, you know, we were trying to figure this one, this race out for a long time. But uh, you know, it's looking it's looking pretty strong for Kyle here. Yeah,
1: no, I I thought that uh, this one was going to be a lot closer than it was. Thankfully, um, I think it uh, it's looking good, and um, I've kind of been talking with Kyle and following what's going on there. And he's been knocking on doors and, and meeting people. And in, in a in a district ride race, that's what you really need to do to connect with people. Yeah, I I was actually kind of shocked at how far ahead. He
0: is on this race because this district, it's a newer district. It's just been written, um, you know, because of the lawsuit. And when you pull, when you pull the voting data, that's actually in district two. It's a pretty dominant Dem district um, voting base wise. So um, it's interesting to see Kyle pulling, you know, almost 56% of that vote. So, yeah. All right, moving on to District 3. Uh, This one's, you know, still kind of tight. But, uh, again, Steve Saunders launched only two and a half months ago, and Lindy feels like – I feel like poor Lindy has had to run for uh, his spot, like, every year for the last 10 years, it feels like. But – but he is on it again, and he's got a new new challenger in Saunders who has uh, only been at the scene for two, two months. So, you know, it's, it's a race to keep watching as we get into the yep. general. Um, Absolutely. Because I think – so last year's uh, primary with Lindy and Autumn Torres, uh, this was a very similar vote turnout um, total-wise and actually percentage-wise. Autumn, I think, ended up pulling within about three – 300 votes or so by the primary. And then on general night, actually, on the night of election of general, Autumn was down 1,900 votes and came within 66. So um, very interesting to keep an eye on this race to see where, where this turns out. So uh, fire production district, um, that's about there. Uh, and we had a whole bunch of PCO races, but, you know, we just, it's just a lot for people i don't to think we, i don't think we need to break those no, down no um the uh, hot takes is for subscribers only right yeah <laughs> they're special um let's behind see. the paywall yep all right well we do have with the with the state part let me look at the washington state election results real quick because there's a couple there that I want to show. One is the senator race. <clears throat> if I can actually find the right buttons here.
1: Yeah, Sorry. I've been I'm, while you're doing that, I've been refreshing Yakima County's election site, trying to see if uh, they've got their updated numbers because they're supposed to post at
0: 3:30. Yeah, you keep us posted on that one. Try it. All right, so this secretary of state race for the entire state. So as of right now, we've got almost one and a half million votes in. And as we were talking earlier, uh, you know, you've got an independent pretty far ahead um, in second and then the incumbent. So it's an interesting one that the Republicans, again, kind of split themselves right out of the whole whole picture here. Um, You know, unfortunate because Republicans have held this seat a long time. Um, Yep.
1: The last three secretaries of state, I believe, were all Republican.
0: Yep. So if we go over to the federal race, so this is that CD4 race, if it'll click. Um, again, looking at it from a whole state perspective here, uh, right now you've got Doug White actually gaining on Dan Newhouse, and and then Culp is pulling third, but he's pulling further away from Doug White. So I'm not sure if that's going to trend in his favor or not but all the other guys again though if you start adding them up like what Lindsey was saying it's all the votes needed to actually primary Dan Newhouse out but Mm
2: -hmm.
0: did not happen Um, and then the last one I wanted to look at with you guys is the hotly debated CD3 yeah this one
1: is crazy close
0: yeah so you know Joe Kent has been making a huge comeback here he was uh, about five five, six thousand votes back on the first ballot drop. And now he's, you know, within gosh, two thousand votes, and there's still a ton of ballots left to count in that race. And he's been gaining ground every single day. So he could primary the incumbent Jamie right out of this spot, which would be the whole purpose why he jumped into this was to take Jamie out. So If he ends up pulling that off, there was a ton of money put pushed into this race, and oh, you can't even see it. I'm sorry, guys. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a ton of money, ton of money, especially in the last two weeks, pumped into this to uh, go after Kent. Um, So, yeah. Any
1: updates yet on the on the county? Yeah, Chris, Uh, we got we got more updates right now. Uh, They just dropped a bunch of ballots. The trends are all holding. Um, if I had, let me, it again, it looks like a bunch more Republican ballots came in because I gained, I gained up, uh, about a half a percentage point, which is very unusual when the trickle in comes. So, um, Republicans like turn your, I'm on the, the County PDF. Yeah. So the County PDF, because what happens up- is so. If you ever want, if you're ever curious, you can talk to the Akama County Elections Office or, you know, Charles Ross, the auditor. They're, the systems are actually, they're linked, but they're disconnected. So when they're actually tabulating ballots, that, that system is not connected to anything more broad. And then they actually get the reports out and the reports are put into and then uploaded to the Secretary of State stuff. So the ballot, the PDF report is usually the quicker report to see returns than waiting on the secretary of state's website. Cause it, there's a delay, but um, it does show that. Yeah. Angie Gerard's on there. He's um, on there for so 15th. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm scrolling through right now. <clears throat> so thing, you know, well, it looks like Misha's pulling further ahead in the clerk race. So, or uh, not ahead, ahead, but, from her competitor, Deborah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jim Curtis got another percentage point up, and let's see. Kyle's Kyle's pulling in some votes, man. You yeah. guys can all see this, right? Oh no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Well, I'm um, looking at it too.
1: No. Hold but, on, See. Yeah the state the state numbers still haven't been tabulated yet. No. It hasn't pulled forward, yeah. So again, more ballots. Yeah, it's trending. It's looking good. I just wish we did this Tuesday night, people, so that <laughs> I too. could lose less hair.
2: Well, give give us less candidates to choose from, okay?
1: All right, that's what we got to work on.
0: Uh, the, the one race I wanted to show you guys on uh, PCO, which I just thought was hilarious. Oh, it's it's changed now. She had she only had one vote up, and she. It's been a tight neck and neck on PCO one fifty five. So oh wow. Um anyways, it's been it's been kind of fun to watch these little PCO
1: races. So all right, guys, you got anything else for the good of the order? I think we Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly thank everybody who watches this show that supported me. Um I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um as Lindsay has seen and I know Matt obviously knows, um when you're when you're unelected and when you're a candidate. It's it's not just you. It's your family. It's all the people that support you. I mean, that makes a huge difference. And I I don't know if I would do this if I knew I didn't have the people backing me that are just like, we believe in you. We want you to do a good job. So thank you so much for those votes. It really does mean a lot. Absolutely. And,
0: you know, it'll be fun to watch this over the uh, the next um, coming months going into November, kind of see where we're at. Um, obviously Chris is, you know, he can kind of breathe a little bit, but you still got to do, you got
1: a lot of work still to do Chris. So So I've got work to do in the district, obviously, but my job, I also help out on the campaign side and my job now is to go pick up more Republican seats because I want more, I want more colleagues in Olympia, more colleagues equals less headaches for the the whole state. More help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. Thank you guys for Um, what
0: you're doing. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so to end up the end the show, I just want to talk about our last show sponsor, which is uh, Center for Self-Governance. And you can find them at centerforselfgovernance.com. Uh, go check them out. They have classes happening all the time. And if you haven't taken it, do it. There's a ton of awesome classes. If you're thinking about running for school board or city or county or any of those, uh, you want to check this, uh, those classes out because it will definitely help prepare you, uh, for what you're signing up for or not signing up for. You might go, nope, don't want to do that either. Um, (laughs) so, uh, but definitely check it out. Um, and then the other thing is you can find us on all of your, uh, different podcast areas, um, on anchor, Spotify, Spotify. Google, iTunes, all of them. uh, You can find us on there. And now, guys, also we're now uh, on Rumble. I've had a lot of people ask us Mm. if we're on Rumble, and we are. uh, So check us out on there. And then uh, if you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash accurate perspective and uh, join as a Patreon. And if you're a candidate out there and want to actually pay for a spot in our show, Uh, you can do so as well. There's a tier on there. It's super cheap. It's probably the cheapest campaign advertising you'll get. It's $30 a month. It's cheap, cheap time. Um, So uh, you can get it on here and we'll be glad to advertise you. All right. And everybody, we will see you again soon. Again, we'll be looking uh, for our virtual debates that we're trying to set up uh, between the county commissioners that'll be coming up in the next couple months. All right, guys, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.